Today is also not only a special day because of our anniversary, but also a special day because this morning um, Pastor David Twig um, was ordained and now is Reverend David Twig. Could you welcome Dave to the stage? Actually, um, as he comes up to the stage, I think we have a photo of David when he first came to church. Let's see if we get there. There's um, a young David Twig. How good is that? How good is that? Um, but today, David, we just we, we want to thank God for you. We want to thank God for your ministry. Blessed. Yeah, you can do up your shoelaces. No worries. Reverends can do that. Reverends can do shoelaces, can't they? Yep, that's all good. Um, we want to thank God for David's life, his ministry. He's blessed so many um, in this church through his preaching, his um, encouragement just to reach out and to love people within our community. God's used him in the schools and many events with Red Frogs. We're really thankful for the work God's doing in your life. And today being ordained is just a recognition of his, the call on his life, far broader than just this church, but beyond. And before he speaks, I just thought I'd love just to pray a blessing on him and also take this opportunity to um, acknowledge his wife, Raquel. Can we thank Raquel? She's here with the kids here. But I know myself, we all know that in ministry, uh, it's a family family affair and your constant encouragement to Raquel. We love what God does in your life as well. So let's pray for them. Would you join me? Lord Jesus, you're a good God and you've got the best plans for each one of our lives. And we just love that, even that photo, looking back at Dave's life, the way you turned his life around and you've given it such purpose, such passion. And Lord, you've used him. And Lord, in, in this moment of time, we cry out from earth to heaven that, Lord, you would continue to anoint him and empower him far beyond any of his own giftedness, Lord, a giftedness of the Holy Spirit. Continue to use him in great power to bring life and the good news of Jesus. May it be crystal clear to every listener that hears his voice, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Could you thank Twig as he comes to share with us? Thank you very much. Uh, it's great to uh, be here tonight. It's been an awesome day, actually. Very, very encouraging. And um, yeah, thank you so much to all of you just for uh, your support and encouragement. Um, it's been awesome. Actually, I was just reflecting because I remember a few years back, Andrew got ordained and I was just ripping it into him like, oh, Reverend, Reverend Andrew. But now it's payback, so yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, um, it's uh, yeah, a real blessing and uh, great to be able to share with you tonight as well. <clears throat> I wanted to share uh, something tonight, particularly around, we were just reading this actually earlier in the week and uh, uh, in Connect Group and we are just looking at this passage in Philippians and I thought it'd be appropriate as well because I know as young adults, uh, you're gonna be looking at this uh, over the next few weeks, uh, the book of Philippians. It's actually really quite a powerful book. But something really struck me um, through this, uh, through particularly chapter one um, this week and I was just blown away about Paul and his uh, his just eternal perspective that he has. It's quite extraordinary because he has such a phenomenal eternal um, perspective and mindset and, and perspective on life that um, he, he lives with this sense of freedom. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens, what's going on. It doesn't matter about the future. He lives with absolute freedom. And a big part of that, as we're going to discover as well, is because of this eternity, uh, eternal perspective that he has. It's just unbelievable and it changes everything for him. And it was just such a challenge for me and it should be a challenge for us that man alive, when you know the, uh, the outcome of something, you can live so differently. When you know the outcome, you can live so differently. Uh, you can live so freely. There's a sense of peace. 
Often we stress about a lot of things because uh, we don't know the future. We don't know the outcome. We don't know how it's gonna pan out. And sometimes that causes anxiety. Sometimes it causes fear within us. But as I was reading this, man, Paul lives radically different. Paul lives with such a freedom uh, because he knows the future. He knows what's ahead of him. He knows that God's in control. He knows that there's more to this life than just this life. And uh, it's quite an amazing thing. But, so, but having that, being able to live with that, being able to live with you know, this greater understanding of, of, of the future ahead of you can radically impact uh, how you live. I remember uh, quite a few years ago now, um, I, um, I wasn't just doing some carpentry stuff, but I was doing a little bit of side work for a, a guy that uh, uh, was here and he ran a business and, uh, in yeah, a different sort of asbestos removal business. And on the side, um, I was helping him out a little bit. And I remember on this one particular day, we were doing some work and I think it was up sort of Clontarf Way, Redcliffe Way. And um, I was doing a little bit of work for him this day. We finished a little bit earlier than expected. And I remember he said to me, oh, you know, it's totally up to you. Like you don't have to if you don't want to, but I'm going to head to another job at Kedron. And uh, if you want to come, there might be a couple more hours there. You could come down with me and uh, just do a few more hours uh, there. And, uh, you know, at that time, I probably was like, uh, thought, oh, actually, yeah, it's probably not a bad idea. Just make a few extra dollars. And I remember that time, for whatever reason, I just felt... um, to, to not to for some reason. I remember just thinking, actually, no, you should go and do this other thing. I can't remember what it was, but uh, probably the idea of just making a few extra bucks sort of grabbed a hold of me and I thought, no, nah, no, nah, I'm gonna go and do that. I'm gonna just do a couple of uh, extra hours. And um, at that time, actually, as well, I, I rode a, um, a motorbike. Uh, so I didn't have a car. I was just riding a motorbike around, which my parents were stoked about that. But um, anyway, and... Um, so I didn't have like a GPS or anything like that. And so I didn't have the exact address. I didn't know where to go. But he said, that's all right. Look, I'm going to go drive to that job. So why don't you just follow, uh, why don't you just follow behind me? And I said, yep, that, that'd be great. So we're heading to the job. And um, oh, this is actually probably a great heads up for you as well. But as we're going to the job, uh, we're going down Gympie Road. Now, as we're going down Gympie Road, you come to the lights there. It's a big set of lights there, heading down Gympie Road, heading inbound towards the city. And then you cross Roadie Road, the other main uh, road there. And so as we're coming up to those set of lights, all of a sudden, uh, I notice they turn from green to orange. And I'm thinking, oh, he's like, he'll pull up here. Um, but then it got very orange and he just kept motoring through. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. So he motors through and I'm like, you know how when you're kind of making, like you're trying to work out in, like a split second and you're making all these decisions in your mind, all this stuff's going through your head. So it was like that. And I thought, oh, but I've got to like follow him. So I was kind of just accidentally peer pressured into just going with him as well. But by the time he went through, it had turned very much red. And then I just like went through and like, this isn't a confession moment, but, um, but what happened was it went red and then I didn't even realise, but I saw this very clear like flash go. And uh, this really clear flash as I went through. Now, um, I think it's still there. So this is a, if you, if you don't get anything else in the sermon tonight, there's a red light camera there, okay? So, you know, just, just uh, at least you've got that. So, um, and so I don't, actually, I don't know if it's still there. I think it is still there. Um, but I saw a very distinct flash and I thought, oh my goodness, like I've just been pinned for uh, going through a red light. And so we get to uh, the job site and I got out and I was like, oh, mate, I think I dead set, like just got pinned for that red light. And 
Um, anyway, we we're chatting a little about it, and but I wasn't sure because you're not sort of sh- you know certain, and and uh, and so anyway, did a couple more hours work, and then I called one of my mates who's a police officer that afternoon or that night, and I called him and said, mate, what's the damage of like going through a red light? And he told me the fine, and I can't remember exactly what it is. Maybe some of you know, been through one recently, but uh, it might have been like a few hundred bucks or something. And I was just like so devastated, as you can imagine. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness. Like I had this endeavour to like, oh, I'll do a couple more hours, make a little bit more money. It actually would, I don't know if you felt like this or experienced this before. You probably wouldn't have, you're all saints. But, um, but it actually would have been better for me just to go home and do nothing. Like I actually would have, it cost me more. Like it cost me more to go and do those couple of, um, hours work with this, with this hardness is oh, I'll make a little bit of extra coin or whatever, but it cost me more. And so sometimes when you understand the outcome or you know what's going to happen, you can walk with a, 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 you know, a bit more freedom in the midst of that. And so absolutely for me, if I'd known that, there's no way I would have worried about going and doing a couple more hours work. Absolutely I wouldn't have done that because you know, it ended up being a, a really bad decision in the end anyway. And Paul, when, he, when I think about his life and the way that he lives, he lives with this really clear understanding of his future. He lives with this really clear understanding of the outcome of his life and where he's heading and what's he, and what's he doing. And because of that, it enables him to live in such a way that actually not only is so phenomenal for his own personal life, but the impact that that has on other people's lives as well is extraordinary. And I just can't help but wonder, as you think about that tonight, like living with an eternal perspective, living with a really clear outcome in mind, how that could not only impact your own life, but how that could impact the lives of those around you as well. Like what could happen? Like, honestly, what could happen if we really got a hold of this, if we really grabbed hold of this and and started to live with an eternal perspective, started to live with a future in mind, knowing that there is, because the Bible's clear on this. The Bible is clear that there is more to this life, that there is something more. And when we grasp a hold of that, when we wake up with a really clear sense of, I know there's something more, we can live that could really have a tremendous impact, uh, not only our own lives, but the lives around us. And what could happen if we all started to live like that? It could be quite significant, quite powerful. Now, I know many of you already live like that, and, and, but I tell you what, it was such a challenge to me this week as we looked at this. Such a challenge with poor word, just the freedom he lives. Hey, whether I live in this life or whether I die and go to heaven, it's all good news for me. It's a phenomenal attitude, isn't it? Imagine waking up every morning and going, hey, that's, that's the reality for my life. You wake up every morning and say, I, I, you know, God gives me more time to, to live here on this earth. It gives me more opportunity to proclaim and share the good news with others. Or you know what? If my time is up today, either way, it's all good news. Like it's literally win-win. And sometimes, to be honest with you, I know that's not, I, I don't live like that. Because so often, this is true, isn't it? We are discipled. We are dis- this is so countercultural because we're discipled in our culture today that your life is all about, you know, life is all about me. So make the most of it. You know, it's all about me. And so you just, you live for you, you your resources about, you know, me and time's about me and uh, finances about me. And so we live with this concept. But Paul, man, he just lives on a different level. It's amazing. And you can see the liber- like how liberating uh, it is for him. But I'm convinced, you know what? This is where God wants to bring us. God wants to bring us to a place uh, like Paul where he's just so liberated, so free uh, that he understands his outcome and can just live in such a powerful manner. And that's what God wants uh, for your life as well. 
It's a powerful thing. And you know what as well? That uh, Jesus spoke about this. He talks about this. Like I said before, we're discipled into the culture that we live in, that you know your life's all about you. And so because of that, we try and hold on to our lives. We try and be in control of our lives. But actually, do you remember these words? Jesus says, if you wanna truly find your life, you've actually got to lose it. In order to truly find your life, you've got to lose your life. And again, not only is that countercultural, but it's counterintuitive because everything inside of you says, no, no, I wanna be in control. I've got to hang on. I've got to hold on uh, to my life. But God wants to bring us to a place where we uh, have such a clear understanding, not only of who He is, but our future as well, that we can say, hey, I can live freely. I can live so freely. I can give away resources. I can give away my time. I can give to other people and serve the people around me. I can live a life of impact because I know my future. I know my eternity. I know what's going on. And uh, that's an exciting thing. It's an exciting thought. I jotted this down um, somewhere here, but Corey Ten Boom, she has a, uh, she has a great uh, quote around this. And she says this, if I can find it. Uh, she says this, she says, hold loosely to the things of this life so that if God requires them of you, it will be easy to let go. And this is what Jesus wants you to do. Live freely, live loosely of the things uh, in this life. Because why? Because you've got an eternity. You've got an eternity ahead of you. It's so hard for us to grasp though, isn't it? Like, I don't know about you, but I struggle to try and to live in that manner. Um, to, to, get a, to get a comprehension of eternity, you know what I mean? And we, we so often just try and hold on to our own lives here in this life. You know, even if we live like 80 years or 90 years, or maybe if you're lucky enough, some, some live to 100 years old, like that's a, that's a great stint. That, that seems like a long time. But eternity, like eternity in heaven, like even when we spend a million years there, times it by a billion years, like, like, like we are there for all eternity. And it's a funny thing when you start to think about that and really comprehend eternity and eternal perspective because it radically diminishes things in this life. You know what I mean? So often we get caught up and worried about things in this life. And when you start to get an eternal perspective, you think, man, I don't have time. Like I literally don't have time to worry about those things. In, in light of eternity, in light of a billion trillion years, I mean, what does this even matter right now? Do you see the impact it can have on our lives? It's, it's amazing. In the same way, I've probably shared it before, I apologise, but in the same way, that's why prayer meetings are so powerful. You can go in overwhelmed by things and concerned about things and then you go in and all of a sudden there's that perspective shift in your mind and you recognise you've just been praying to the God of the universe, the God of eternity, and you realise, hang on, no, God's above this. He's in control of this. He's bigger than this. He's more powerful than this. And not only that, He's in control of my life. And that perspective shift changes everything. And so, so what could happen? What could happen if we get a grasp of this? And this is how Paul lives and it's an extraordinary challenge to us. He states this in 1 Philippians. He says this, he says in verse 27, above all, he says, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven. In other words, what he's saying here is saying, recognising, hey, know who you are in God. That if you're a Christian here tonight, if you're a Christian and you're watching online, if you're a Christian here tonight and you've surrendered and said, God, I want, to, you know, I want you to take control of my life, that you become a citizen of heaven. You become a child of the living God, you know, a king's kid. That's a pretty phenomenal thing. But your future is secure in that as well. Not only do you get to have, you know, this is the amazing thing about the gospel. Not only do you get to uh, secure and have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe, but He promises you eternal life as well. 
And not only that, the Bible seems to indicate that how we live on this life also impacts our future life as well. And so, man, Paul's just got this, he's just got this phenomenal way in which he lives where he just gets, he gets it. He knows where he's heading. And so regardless of uh, here and now what happens, man, he's just, his mindset is eternity. He's so on top of this. Above all, he says, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven. Live as citizens of heaven with that heaven mindset. Conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. And so Paul understands, man, this is how we're to live. That as we live about citizens of heaven, knowing who we are in Him and, and our future, the impact that can have is absolutely uh, tremendous. Now, the other thing is this. This is why Paul, because the thing is, see, it might be easy to say, oh, it's easy for you to say that. Everything's, you know, all, you know, fine in your life or whatever. But man, alive, Paul's going through some pretty significant stuff. He's gone through some trials. On numerous occasions, he's been beaten. He's been persecuted. He's nearly been uh, killed uh, sort so of stoned to death on, on a couple of occasions because, uh, you know, people are trying to stop him from, you know, sh- uh, spreading this good news about Christ. And yet his attitude is still insane. His attitude is, is, you know what, whether I keep on living here and for most of his time, it's persecution, whether I keep on living here or I go home to heaven, it's all good news for me. Like, it's all good. It doesn't matter. It's all good. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And God... He invites you in to live in that way. Imagine that no matter what circumstances you face and what trials you face and what difficulties come your way, you can live with, hey, it doesn't matter. It's all good. It's all good news for me. Whether I stay here and keep on going, whether I go home to heaven, it's all good for me. This is the way in which Paul lives. And I wonder tonight, you know, do you have that confidence? Do you have that assurance deep within your heart? I know where I'm going. I absolutely know where I'm going. Well, Paul's writing these words. It's not, you know, just from a nice room where he's writing, but Paul's writing these words from a prison. He's been put in prison and wouldn't have been, you know, like a a nice comfortable prison. The conditions would have been horrific. But Paul still has this absolute absolute confidence. Hey, it's all good. It's it's a a win-win for me. And going back into verse 20, these words are so powerful because Paul says this. He says, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honour to Christ whether I live or die. You see, for him, it's like, it doesn't matter. Whether I live, I keep on living for Christ. Whether I die, I go home to heaven. It's all good. But notice those words he talks there about this boldness that he lives. And I wonder, because I've often wondered, you know, there's just some people, you ever notice sometimes, uh, you ever notice sometimes there's just some people that just seem so bold uh, in around their faith? And I wonder, and there could be numerous uh, situations because of that, but one of them I do wonder is maybe for them, it's just, they're just so clear. They've got such a clear understanding of their future. They know where they're going. They know where they're heading. And so they can be bold. You know, at our um, Young Adult Scent Conference here, one of our you know, keynote speakers, he's so brilliant on this topic around having an impact. And it's just fascinating when you hear uh, his journey and his story. Every day, he just lives with this mindset of sharing with others about faith. And it's actually so challenging. And he shared, you know, some stories at, at Send Conference. Uh, but even when he goes through drive-throughs and he's getting food and things like that, he literally just tells everyone, you know, you know, you know, God loves you and, 
He's just always just opening up conversations. And I often, you know, hear his stories and I think, man, there's no way I could do that. Like maybe you're bolder than me, but sometimes I just feel like there's no way I could do that. Some of his stories are just amazing. But I wonder, and there's probably some other reasons for that, but I do wonder if part of that is like, you know what? Regardless of what they think about me or, or, or what they may say back to me, like it's all good for me. I keep on living and sharing the gospel here. And, and then, you know, if I die, I go home to heaven. Like he's just got this mindset as well, this real kingdom mindset, this eternal mindset that regardless of what happens, it's good news. And I wonder if part of that, as we grab a hold of that, we also experience a boldness in Christ, knowing that the future's all good. I can be bold, I can be courageous, I can step out for God. Because he's got it. Either way, God's got it uh, in my life. And so Paul talks about that. He talks about the boldness, the boldness that he has in Christ. Because for him, it's a win-win. It's an amazing thing. Do you, know how, do you know how easy it is to watch something when you know the outcome? Like, you know, recently I was a bit crook or whatever. And yes, I got you know, caught up in a rabbit hole of YouTube clips and things like that. And I found myself watching, you know, old State of Origin games and things like that. Now, let me just say this. I didn't click on like, oh, you know, New South Wales greatest wins. No way, why would I do that? You know, of course I clicked on the Holy Land, Queensland, and I clicked on Queensland's greatest wins, right? Now I'm watching the games, these games, but you know what, as I'm, oh, sorry, no offence to any New South Welshman, I do love you, absolutely, yes, sorry, I hear that, I hear that. Uh, but um, New South Wales, amazing, but, but uh, I just wanna see Queensland win. And so of course I, I clicked on, uh, of course I clicked on, you know, Queensland's greatest wins or whatever. Now, when I'm watching those games, you know, I'm like, I'm not sort of concerned when, like, cause they go to these highlights, right? And it goes to where it's two minutes left and Queensland are down four points and you think, oh no, what's gonna happen? I watch those games with absolute peace, absolute peace in my heart. You know why? Cause I know Queensland's surely gonna win here. There's something about when you know the outcome, you can walk with an absolute sense of peace and sure enough, all of a sudden they get an intercept pass or whatever and they run and, and, and win the game. And I'm like, yep, I was kind of expecting that. You know what I mean? Like, like you can just watch it with absolute peace. And in a way, the principle applies to our life as well. When you know your future, like when your future is secure, you can walk with a sense of peace. I know God's in control. I know, we've, I know He's got this. It's, it's all good. It's, it's absolutely all good. This is what Paul says. For I can fully expect, he can walk with boldness. He, he knows whether, whether uh, he lives or dies, for him, it's all good. It is a win-win. And he goes on to say in, in verse 21, for to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. Can we confidently say that in our own lives? If you're a Christian here tonight, can you confidently say that? Hey, whether I live or die, like, like for me to live, it's really good because I can continue to keep just sharing this message, sharing this message, sharing this message. That's the other thing. He's so clear on what his call is, what his purpose is in life. But every single Christian has that same calling. You know, Paul knows it's to love God and to share with others. It's exactly the same. The foundation of every single Christian is that calling to love God and to share with others, to make disciples. That's, that's your calling. And so Paul's so aware of that. Um, but he says, so I get the opportunity to live my life and to keep sharing that with others. But you know what? If I die, I get to go home with heaven and it's pure bliss. No more pain, no more suffering, no more heartache. It is literally win-win for me. That's the confidence uh, that he lives with. It's incredible. Understanding, knowing you know, the, the, the future, understanding that, man, it changes the way that we live. Now you might... Uh, 
struggle to believe this, but what if I told you, right? What if I told you it was actually possible to desire to get phone calls from telemarketing? Like, what would you think if I said that? And here's what I wanna say to you tonight. It is possible. Like, it's literally possible. I'm not joking. I actually... um, kind of, well, I'll put it this way. I've unblocked some of the numbers that I blocked from telemarketers or whatever because I look forward to it now. Now, you don't believe me, but I'm telling you, after what I'm about to say to you, you will change your mind. That It is possible to, uh, to be excited about not just getting calls from telemarketers, but also from people that want to scam you and take your money and rob you. Like it's possible to be like, I'm so glad they rang. Let me tell you, do you want me to tell you? Okay, here's how, right? So I always talk about this, but I've um, often been, uh, like I'm super passionate about, like I do believe God is amazing and anybody who encounters Him, like their lives will never be the same. And so I do wanna wanna see the, you know, people, I wanna see people understand this. I do wanna see like thousands, 10,000, millions, whatever. I wanna see everyone understand the the goodness and how good God is. And so recently I had this thought and because I think what happened was, I think my numbers from when I had a business, when I was carpentering, my numbers somewhere on the the websites all over the internet. And so that's where I think my number gets picked up a lot. So I would be copying telemarketing calls and things like that all the time because my number's just out there. And so what happened was one day I had this thought, I was like, I've got this brilliant idea. And so I'd get all these phone calls and one day a telemarketer, actually it wasn't even just a telemarketer. Like it was someone dead set trying to rob, like recently, for example, right? Someone rang up and they said, oh, hello, um, this is uh, so-and-so from Telstra here. We just wanna let you know that your uh, home internet's been down and we're gonna fix it up for you. You know, they're just gonna try and rob me of my money. And I go, I say this, and it's funny because we're not even with Telstra. And I go, oh my gosh, yes, I'm so glad you called. I'm so glad. And they must've thought, oh, jackpot, like we've got this bloke. And I say, I'm so glad you called. Oh, yes, sir, absolutely. Well, we're gonna fix the problem for you. I said, oh, Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Now, I actually am glad they called because I've got a phenomenal message for them. It's really amazing. So they want to talk to me, don't they? Because they want to rob me of my money. And so what I do is I, they say, hey, all you need to do is just grab your laptop and we're going to run through some things to you know, sort this out. And I say, oh, that's great. Thanks so much. And I let them talk a little bit. But then I say, hey, before you go any further, I need to tell you something. And what I do is I pray in my mind to say, God, just give me something like a clear word of knowledge or whatever. And I say, I just wanna let you know that when I was younger, I was really terrified of dying and I just launched into my, um, my testimony. It's amazing. And what you've got, I'm telling you, this is a win-win. I'm telling you, you can do it. I actually really pray you would. I should have told you this earlier. I really should have. Um, I'm kicking myself now. But it's amazing because you know why? It's a win-win. So what I do is I launch into my testimony. I say, but you know, I was terrified of dying. But then my friend said, if you, if you wanna know if God's real, He'll reveal Himself to me. And I just wanna let you know, if you wanna know if God's real, He'll reveal Himself to you. And I started to, you know, I start to share with them. And then I tell them, you know, God loves them and all this sort of stuff. Now, I'm, I'm sort of devastated. 100% of the time, they hang up on me. 100% of the time. But you know what? You don't wanna talk to them anyway. So guess what? They're off the phone. But here's the even better news. If they stay on, one day you will convert one of these people that wanna take your money. You will convert them and they may come to faith. So, yeah. So either way, right? Either way, it's a win-win. 
They either, you, you can share, you don't even have to share your testimony, share someone else's testimony, do whatever. Ask God to give you a word of knowledge, whatever they're going through in their life. You ask God to give them a word of knowledge and you just tell them about the creator of the universe. And you know what's a win-win? They're either one, what are they gonna do? Hang up on you, which you didn't wanna talk to them anyway, or two, they'll stay on the line and you'll have a phenomenal conversation. And who knows in years to come, they may be in this pool one day. I don't know, I don't know. But that'd be a phenomenal testimony. And you know what? It's a win-win. It's a win-win. This is what Paul's saying. He says, hey, hey, I know the outcome. For me, it's win-win. I live here and I keep telling people about Christ. I die and go home to heaven. Either way, it's a win-win for me. It's all good. And so, man, when you understand your future, when you understand where you're going, when you live with an eternal perspective, you, can, you too can live with just this peace in your heart. Man, it is an absolute win-win for me. It doesn't matter. And I just pray like, I just pray that we'll just get a grip of this in our hearts and our lives. We'll start to wake up every morning and say, you know what, God, my resources are yours. My time is yours. My finances are yours. When you get a real grasp of that, you can just live freely, so freely. And it changes everything. It changes everything. I came across this quote that says, most of the decisions that people make today are largely based on survival. You know, survival in this, in this life. Therefore, uh, Christians, who, Christians who know their eternal destination can freely give their life away. It's so true. Jesus says, in order to find your life, you've got to learn to lose your life. You've got to give it away. And I just, I'm convinced that, man, we'll see greater impact. We'll see more impact on the lives around us in greater measure. Paul goes on to say in verse 22, but if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. It's true. You go on living here like God's, God's got a plan. He's got a great plan for your life, a great purpose for your life. He wants to use your life to impact the lives around you. Like just, you know, like just know that in your heart. Like that's, that's, that's His plan and that's His purpose for you. He, 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 listen, He wants you to bear much fruit. He does. He's actually had already pre-organised before you were even born. He's pre-organised some amazing uh, works for you to do. That's a great promise. It really is. It's a great promise. So we can go about living with the confidence that he's got some, you know, some great things that he wants to use us for. But whether we do that or go home to heaven, it's all good for us. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better, Paul says. What an amazing thought. I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me, knowing that, man, eternity is just pure bliss. But he says, uh, but for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. Why? Because he goes on to say, knowing this, I'm convinced that I'll remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and uh, experience the joy of your faith. To, to, to encourage, to continue to equip, to empower, to see you trained up, to have an impact where you are. It's, a, it's an incredible thing. You know, part of this is... Um, I remember, uh, or not too long ago actually, but I remember I just felt prompted to give a significant uh, amount of money away um, to somebody. And like, oh, I'll just be honest, like, you know, probably for me, that's one of the, like generosity, particularly around finances, has been something that God's had to work on a lot in, in um, my life. And it's, it's been awesome. He, he has done uh, that in my life a lot and I've still got a way to go and all that sort of stuff, but it's a bit of a struggle for me. And so when this sort of prompting came up, I was like, oh, naturally I'm wrestling with that, you know, a little bit. And I'm like, oh man, that's like, that's a fair bit of money, God. Like, are you sure? And is that really you, God? And you know, it's, it's, it's easy to kind of question all that sort of stuff. 
And so I thought, um, oh, well, I know, like I'll talk to Raquel about it, obviously, and that might be my escape. Then I won't have to do it, you know, I'll talk to Raquel. And I remember one night saying, hey, I felt this, this prompting, like we should give, you know, this, this amount of money to this particular person. And, uh, and this, is the, this is the trouble. When you're married to a real generous person, man, you can't use that as an out. Because when I told Raquel, she was like, oh, really? And I thought, oh, I could be in here. Like, I might have to do this. And, uh, and she goes, wow. She goes, oh, I'm excited. Like, I'm really excited. I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm meant to say that. You know, like, I'm wrestling with this. I'm not excited. I'm not excited at all. Um, but I was wrestling with it a little bit. And, um, and, so, and so I was wrestling with this over the next few days. And then one day I just had this, like, I just had this revelation. Like, as I was thinking and praying to God about it, like, oh, God, is that really you or not? I had this revelation and it was like, I realised, you know what? Like God owns all the money in the world. Like my dad, my father, my heavenly father, he owns everything. And like here I was wrestling over this, this amount of money or whatever. And I'm like, man, God owns everything. Like why would I be that worried about that? Like he, he literally, he's in control of everything. He owns everything. Like the earth is his and everything in it. And when all of a sudden I got that perspective shift, I was like, man, what is that even? That's like nothing in comparison to what my dad owns. Like, and I believe like, man, my father has my best interest at heart. Like I could give this away and he could easily give that back. You know, that's easy for him. Absolutely no trouble at all. Perspective mind shift, uh, the perspective mind shift, man, it changes everything for us. And so when we have in this, uh, the, the, principles, the principles the same, not necessarily around finances, but the principle still applies. When we get that, that mindset, that eternal mindset, all of a sudden we can just give away freely our lives. We can serve others. You know, so often we get so caught up, oh, I can't give my time to that. There's no way, because we think, oh, no, I wanna do what I wanna do, right? And so it holds us back so often. But when we realise, actually, no, my life's not mine. And besides, this life is just a little tiny, a vapour. The Bible talks about that. It is a vapour in comparison to eternity, like I've got all eternity ahead of me. So I can give away my life freely because it's not really mine anyway. At the end of the day, I'm simply a steward of what God has given me. You know what I mean? And so we can give away freely. Eternal perspective. This is what we need. This is what we need. And so what does it look like? I mean, honestly, like how do we go away and say, all right, I want an eternal perspective, but what does that look like for me? And there could be several ways in which this happens in our life, but fundamentally, fundamentally, and I always know, you know, I know I always talk about this, but it's, it's fundamental to the Christian faith. This is why every day, like reading the Bible regularly is so powerful. It's reading the Bible on a regular basis. What does that do? Well, it begins to shift your mindset. It begins to, you read about uh, your heavenly Father. You begin to recognise and acknowledge and see in the Bible who God is, what He's capable of doing, uh, the faithfulness to His promises in the past. And as you read the Bible, all of a sudden you're beginning to change from the inside out and you realise, man, this is who God is and, and you begin to take on His character and His heart. And so reading the Bible, this is why it's so powerful and so important to do this uh, on a daily basis. But prayer as well is so significant. And yes, praying individually, but I'm absolutely convinced the power of corporate prayer meetings also. Praying corporately, praying with others. Again, I know I've shared this, but the amount of times I've walked into prayer meetings thinking, oh man, overwhelmed by stuff or something's, you know, I've got to work out. And then you go and you pray. And what happens in prayer? What happens? You shift. It's a, it's a mindset shift. All of a sudden, you know, you've got, you got your mind set on things of this world. But when you go into prayer, all of a sudden you set your heart on the things above. And you pray to the creator of the universe. You pray to a God that's above all of that. He's bigger than that. And all of a sudden you walk out of there going, man, why was I worried about that? My God, my father's got this. He's got it. 
He's absolutely got it. And you start to take on, you start to believe and know in your heart who you are in Him and your future, the eternal perspective that we so desperately need to live with. So, so key. So come on. What would it look like to wake up every morning and say, okay, God, okay, God, this is your life. This is your day. Nothing truly belongs to me. It's all yours anyway. Give me, give me your perspective today. Help me to live with an eternal perspective so that I can live freely today, to give away whatever you want me to do, to live absolutely freely. I just wanna read this quote to you, C.S. Lewis. He states this. He says, if you read, because I'm, I really pray, right? I really pray that God will continue to use us in mighty ways. C.S. Lewis says this, he says, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world are just the ones who thought most of the next. That's key. The apostles themselves who set on foot in the conversion of the Roman Empire, the great men who built up the Middle Ages, the English evangelicals who abolished the slave trade, all left their mark on earth. Why? Precisely because their minds were occupied with heaven. It doesn't seem like that's the case, but it is, it really is. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. C.S. Lewis goes on to say, aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you'll get neither. You'll get neither. And how tragic, honestly, come on. How tragic would it be to get to the end of our lives and we just live with this earthly mindset that was so committed to self, so committed to our resources, our money, our time, you know, our whatever it is for you and missed out on the greater vision and plan that God has for your life. How tragic, how tragic. Uh, Francis Chan says this, he says, my fear in this life is not a failure but succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Let me read that again. My fear in this life is not a failure, but it's succeeding at things in this life that don't really matter. If we live with an earthly mindset, we will continue to live just uh, doing things that have no significance, very little significance that don't really matter. If we live with an eternal perspective, we will start to live out our lives that will have eternal impact on the lives around us. And that is what, how God wants you to live. That's what God wants for your life. As a matter of fact, as I speak now, even now, God's saying, so what is it for you? What, what are the areas that have held you back from living with eternal perspective? There's stuff that has distracted you and taken up time and is, uh, that has, has blocked you from living an eternal perspective because God, God has more. God's got more for you. He's got more. And so we've got to live with this eternal perspective. What is it for you? Are you willing to say, I need to surrender that. I need to give up that. I need to be willing to live in a different manner so that God could use my life in amazing ways. Let's pray. Father, I just know that you're speaking to some right now. And I just know, Father God, that there's some that are going, yeah, you know what? I, I, I want to live eternally focused. I want to live eternally focused. And I just sense as I was as speaking then, God, that one of the things you wanted us to do right now is actually to repent of the things that is, have caught us up, that have caught us up and, and stopped us from living eternally focused. And I know that there's some here because you've been speaking to them. I know there's some right now, they know what it is. And the, the, the thing is, God, 
that we think if we let go and give up some of these things that we've been consumed with in this life or, or this earth, we think we're gonna miss out or we're gonna, we think it's, it's not gonna be good for our lives. And yet you've promised us, you've promised us that as we surrender, as we give up things in this life for your kingdom, that you will give, uh, you know, you'll, you'll bring um, life and life to the full great God. That in order to truly find life in all its fullness, we've got to be willing to lose our lives. Some here right now, they know there's some finances they've held back. There's some that you've called to be generous with and they thought, nah, I don't want to. And so Lord, we just repent of that. We're sorry. You know, if there's situations, God, I just, you know, I'm just thinking, God, there's situations where it's because of our finances that people could actually come to know You and we've, we've, we've withheld and forgive us for that. Like what's, what's a soul worth? How much is a soul worth? And so forgive us, Lord, because we, we think it's our money. We think it belongs to us. And it's not, we're just simply stewards of what you've given us anyway. You know, there's some of us that we've, we've neglected to serve in a particular area or, or, or serve somebody because we think, oh, it's gonna take up my time and it's gonna take effort for me and I simply don't wanna do that. I wanna do what I wanna do. And God, we just acknowledge tonight that we're sorry. Some even here right now, they know what that is. And, but I just feel like it's not too late. There's still an opportunity to serve, but we're sorry, God, for where we've thought, no, my time's my time. It belongs to me, but it doesn't. The Bible says you give and take away. You know, the only reason we're breathing right now is because you gave us life. And forgive us, Lord, for trying to hold on, thinking that it's, it's our life. Some of us have withheld resources, great God. Some of us has withheld from stepping into a ministry error or a calling that you've had on our life because we just wanna go our own way and do our own thing. Some of, us, some of us right now has jumped into certain things that we actually knew you didn't want us to, but we just thought, I, I want to. Like, I wanna go down this path and I don't care, God. I, it, actually, in moments, we've, we've even tried to block you out. We've even just like, I don't wanna listen. I don't wanna listen. I'm, I'm gonna do this path. And you know, we just take a moment to say, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. We don't wanna live like that. We need you, God. So in this moment, a moment of repentance, a moment of surrender, if that's you and whatever area, no one else knows what it is. I don't know what it is, only God does. But if that's you in this moment, you know what it is. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond to Him and pray to Him. And as an act of response, <clears throat> as an act of surrender, I'm just gonna invite you as you sit there, just invite you to put your hands out, maybe on your lap or whatever with the palms facing up. It's an act of surrender. Now, we just want you to lay, you know, just lay before God, just that area you know that you needed to give up, that area you know you needed to surrender, that, that thing that's held you back from living with an eternal perspective. I just want you to place that before God right now. And why don't you just talk to Him about it? Just give you a few moments in your head and in your heart, just talk to Him. Lord, we're sorry 
Thank you that you've heard every single prayer here tonight. And I thank you. Your grace is extraordinary. Like your grace is amazing. And I just know that as we surrender before you and just lay before you and say, God, we, man, we want an eternal perspective. Your grace is sufficient for us. And I thank you for that, great God. And so we do come humbly before you, act of repentance tonight. And just thank you, great God, that you've got so much more in store. Thank you, Father God, you've got a phenomenal path and plan for our lives and that we can walk with an eternal perspective. Help us to live in that mindset, I ask. So Lord Jesus, we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Why don't we just uh, jump up on your feet? We're gonna respond. We're gonna do communion as well, but jump up on your feet. Now, Jesus, roughly 2,000 years ago, he had his disciples and we, uh, he had his disciples and this was the night before he was gonna be betrayed taken and put on a cross. And uh, the very reason we can talk about this anyway, it's all because of Christ. Have an eternity, eternal perspective. He made a way so that we could have a relationship with Him so we could know Him and so that we could uh, 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 live for eternity. But Jesus had His closest disciples and in that moment, He broke the bread. And as He broke the bread, He said, I want you to, uh, this, this represents my body. When you eat, remember me. Would have been this huge feast around the table that moment, the same way they would have had wine. And as he pulled up the glass of wine that night, he would have said, this represents my blood poured out for you. When you drink, remember me. And it was not only a remembrance, but it was a celebration as well of the, the sacrifice that Christ made. And so why don't you just take a moment to take that bread and just give thanks for what God has done, that He made a way so we could have that eternal mindset. Let's do that now. And feel free to take the cup and let's drink together in remembrance and give thanks to our great God. Father God, we thank You. We thank You, great God, for all that You've done for us. And we thank You that we can worship and celebrate and praise You tonight for the sacrifice that You made so that we could truly say, yes, You are our Father, great God. We can know You and we can know the future ahead of us, Lord. And so this is why we worship and celebrate now. We honour you tonight in Jesus' mighty and precious Name. Amen. Let's do that now. Let's respond to Him and worship our great God.